What is a crucial conversation and why should we have them and why do we fear them? Well, our See Here Love experts answer those questions and share a four-stage process to help ensure your crucial conversations are healthy and transformative. That's coming up. From Crossroads Media, this is See Here Love, the podcast with Melinda Estabrooks, Season 8, Episode number 27. Tyndale is set apart for several reasons. They're very invested, not only in your academic excellence, but also your spiritual growth. The best part of studying at Tyndale is the flexibility. Our professors, they work with us to help us get through the courses. They really care about me as a person. Come, you'll see the diversity that the Kingdom of God has to offer. If you want to develop personally, I'd want to develop professionally. This is the place for you. The Bible can feel overwhelming, confusing, or hard to believe. Scripture Untangled, a new podcast by the Canadian Bible Society, brings you interviews with culture leaders, leaders in ministry, and Bible thinkers to help you be inspired to dive into the Bible and understand it. Listen for free and subscribe to Scripture Untangled on your preferred podcast app. Visit scriptureuntangled.ca for more information. Well, welcome back to See Here Love, and do we have a show for you? And it is all about how to have crucial conversations and why it's important. And I'm so glad I've got experts and worship leaders and just amazing women all together here to talk about that. So, welcome, Nicole Langman, social worker, author, and speaker. Welcome Hi, to the thanks. show. Tonight, Litchmore, psychotherapist and Enneagram practitioner. Welcome. And Brooke Nichols, Juno nominated singer, songwriter, and author. Welcome. Are you ready for this? Yeah. yeah. Crucial conversations. Ready, yeah. Actually, I brought you all here because I have a crucial conversation <laughs> for each one of you. Oh. I don't know. Oh, Kidding. No. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> all right. Before we get started on the on the whole, like, you know, how we're going to do it, the stages. Nicole, how would you define a crucial conversation? Yeah, a crucial conversation is a high stakes conversation where there's likely to be some strong opinions and um, strong emotions. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm -hmm. Nice and simple. I like that. Yeah. And tonight, give us some examples of when and why you should have a crucial conversation. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, we could all share, but I'll start with yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's start with the basics. Um, you are doing a great job at your workplace, and you deserve a raise. And so having that conversation with your boss would be a crucial conversation. Or your mother-in-law that doesn't respect your boundaries and gives your child too much candy. Mm -hmm. I think that's a reasonable, crucial conversation and probably one that a lot of us had to different degrees. But then there's also bigger conversations about, um, you know, just about our future and um, with your partner and what direction you're going to go in and clarity with that. I think mm -hmm. that's also a crucial conversation. Yeah. What about for you guys? What would be other ideas of crucial conversations that people would need to have? Yeah, I think like if you have someone in your life that's um, causing you turmoil, whether it be through, you know, uh, addictive personality or, you know, some, something like that. I think having those conversations with people that you care about and love and are so close to, mm. they're so hard, mm -hmm. <laughs> but so necessary. Because you can't continue to live in turmoil mm -hmm. 
because of somebody else's bad decisions, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. So that's another, I think, another way, another mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. With kids, with our kids, we have crucial conversations, especially I have, I have adult children. So there's, there are big conversations around future and around choices. And, and um, when we have a, such a, so much skin in the game, so to speak, literally, there's a, you know, you want to do it right. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, I, I can think of some where, say, a friend or some in the family makes racist comments or is a racist. That would be somewhere where you'd have to say, we need to have a crucial conversation, mm -hmm. right? Or if somebody has an addiction or destructive behavior mm -hmm. and maybe they don't know it or don't admit it and you see it, that would have to be a crucial conversation. Good. Or an abusive boss or colleague at work where there's high stakes because mm -hmm. what could happen if you approach them and then they get offended. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, you think through your life and think there are people and circumstances where we need to have crucial conversations and it, it can be these really hard conversations, which then leads to me, Brooke, why do we fear these? If we know we're supposed to have them, if we're identifying that there's a problem mm -hmm. or we wanna help somebody that, that needs some correction, why do we fear having these conversations with them? Well, like they're so hard, you know, there's so much at risk, it can be. You can lose relationships over them. You can lose your job over them. Um, you can lose a lot of things over them. So it's, it's they're, they're important to have, but they're just so hard because, you know, you're, yeah, it's, they're just really hard. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's why it's important to evaluate if having a crucial conversation is worth the cost. You know, do the benefits outweigh the cost? Yeah. Because there are some crucial conversations that are that are important, but may not be beneficial, right. and it may be way too risky to even engage in. Mm -hmm. So, kind of determining that is really important. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think that's where the wisdom shows up. In that we we so often spend a lot of time in the emotional brain or the logical brain, but we need to really work from the the wise brain yes. and and sit in that spot if we're deciding whether or not to go forward with the with the conversation. Yeah, and I think there's fear because who wants somebody that won't like them after? Yeah. Like if you're a person who wants to be liked by everybody, you're a people pleaser, uh, you know, to have a crucial conversation, there's a risk yeah. mm -hmm. involved that you may have, that relationship may be broken mm -hmm. after yeah. that. Yeah. Even if your intent is good, mm -hmm. even if it's good for them, they could take that as something else. Yeah. And I think, I think that's what honestly I fear when I think about the crucial conversations I need to have is will that relationship be broken? Mm -hmm. And I think that would be a bit of the fear for me. Mm -hmm. yeah. Honest question. Have any of you ever had someone come to you to have a crucial conversation about something you did, said, or are doing? I mean, I can envision like 20 that my dad had with me as a teenager, <laughs> yeah, but sure. beyond that moment, yeah. I can't think of any right now. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. The parents, yeah. 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 Well, my daughter's had crucial conversations with me a lot recently. Wow. <laughs> and um, most recently, she informed me that, you know, I need you to stop talking to me about post-secondary education. Uh, I'm not doing it. And I've been pushing and pushing and pushing. And so it took a lot of courage for her to, to have that crucial conversation because she knew there would be an emotional response. Yeah. And, um, and so it, it takes a lot of courage to have cru crucial conversations and to sit in the listening as opposed to the, <laughs> the upset that could yeah. potentially, right? Mm -hmm. Holding that back. So yes, this is a recent, this is recent. So recently from your daughter, mm -hmm. from your dad, has, have you ever had one? 
Uh, all the time. All the time. <laughs> yeah. But I would say most recent, probably probably my sister. I think um, you know she brought up some like past pain that I've inflicted on her that I wasn't aware of, um, and I think that's why crucial conversations are so important because sometimes the other person isn't aware mm -hmm. of this thing that you're doing or that they're doing or that they may have be causing harm to themselves or or you. And so, mm -hmm. if they don't know, then change can't really happen. Mm -hmm. Good. It's true. It's true. I would say I've had my dad come to me <laughs> in a crucial conversation and that was hard to take, especially I was like in my, in my early to mid twenties. Um, and it's hard to listen to crucial And it's hard to listen, cause you're, you're just 20. like, when you're 20, <laughs> sure. cause it's like, yeah. why are you doing this? And yeah. I'm right and you're wrong. Yeah. But I've also had some crucial conversations with my husband. Mm -hmm. yeah. Chris is, is, is that kind of person where he knows it's important for our marriage and our relationship to have. And so he does that. It's uncomfortable, yeah. but he does it, what I think the difference is out of love. Mm -hmm. He's not doing this to like oppress me and, and put me down, but he's like, we need to have a conversation. <laughs> and I'm like, ugh, <laughs> okay. Mm -hmm. And you know, I think done with love yeah. makes a difference. Absolutely. You know, what, why are they important? What are the benefits? We've kind of talked about that, but I think just setting up that we know that there are out there for us, for people that are listening and watching, that there are many crucial conversations to be had. Mm -hmm. And so we know that there's fear. We know, you know why it's hard. But what are the benefits when we do? When we sit down and say, okay, we're going to have this honest conversation crucial. What are the benefits when we do? Mm -hmm. We know the risks, but what are the benefits? I think it draws people closer together. Like it's... It, it forces you to be more vulnerable and to show pieces of your heart and it, um, it is risky. It's like, I'm going to show you some of my heart and you might hurt me. You might not be receptive to that, but I'm willing to risk that because I love you that much mm -hmm. or I care about this that much or I'm, al I'm aligning with my values to this extent mm -hmm. that I'm going to have this crucial conversation with you. Mm -hmm. So I think that's... And also it can change the trajectory of someone's life, yeah. right? If you're, if you're having a crucial conversation, I'll use the addict thing again, um, that person now has a decision to make. Like, am I going to turn my life around because this is how I'm affecting my family or am I going to continue on in this destructive right. life, right? It, it has the power to really change the course of someone's life. Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of personal development that comes in having crucial conversations as well. I think when there's, when there's fear and we do the hard thing with courage, that grows us. Mm -hmm. So there's a personal development in that and, and, and I think that that can that can have a far-reaching effect in other areas of our life as well. Yeah. Now, have any of you had a crucial conversation? So we've, we've received them, but have you had ever had to do one? Mm -hmm. And what was that like? Tonight, have you? <laughs> yes, I have. Um, it's funny because I think, I think people have avoid it for different reasons. And for me, I avoid it because it makes me too vulnerable, like too like emotional. And I like to be strong and put together. And so having those conversations um, forces me to experience some emotions that I'd rather avoid. And so, um, yeah, like I'm like almost gonna cry. Like my hands are shaking oh, because yeah. it's so uncomfortable. Um, but, but learning how to like accept the discomfort that I feel um, to have them, I think that that has been helpful. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah. I relate to the crying, shaking <laughs> thing. Uh, I remember having a conversation with Steve. I think we were like three years married, maybe four, and I was feeling a certain way for quite a while over something, and so I, I brought it to him, and it was so scary. It felt like, yeah. what am I even doing? And I remember shaking the whole time, and he just listened to me, and and you know, as a sweet husband would, he was so receptive, but. 
man, it's just like so, it, it shakes you from the core to have those mm -hmm. tough conversations. Mm -hmm. It's such a good point about the anxiety that shows up when we're going to have the crucial conversation because anxiety always awfulizes outcomes. It always mm -hmm. tells us the worst case scenario wow. and it's very rarely as bad as anxiety wants us to believe it's going to be. Yeah. And uh, so when anxiety shows up for these crucial conversations, it can silence us. Wow. But when that happens, when we face the anxiety and we do it anyways, um, yeah, like that's really courageous. Yeah. And it's nice to have a safer receiving end on yeah. the other side. Yeah. And then yeah. it gets easier, yeah, it right? Does. Because yeah. then we yeah. can be like, hey, I did it. I, I experienced it and it wasn't as bad as I expected. Right. So then the next time around, I might not be crying or I, my hands might not be shaking. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Such good conversations, and I can't wait because when we come back, we're going to help you prepare for a crucial conversation, and we're going to walk you through each step and stage in a crucial conversation that is healthy and transformative. That's coming up. Hey, everybody. It's Melinda. Krista. Alita. And join us on our first ever See, Here Love four-part series on a conversation about the book of Philippians. And we're going to learn amazing things like living in community, what it looks like to live a generous life, living with confidence, and living out your faith. So grab your girlfriends, download our study guide on seeherelove.com, and join us on Yes TV, Spotify, YouTube, and on our social media platforms. Grab your girlfriends, and we can't wait for you to join us soon. Tyndale is set apart for several reasons. They're very invested, not only in your academic excellence, but also your spiritual growth. The best part of studying at Tyndale is the flexibility. Our professors, they work with us to help us get through the courses. They really care about me as a person. Come, you'll see the diversity that the Kingdom of God has to offer. If you want to develop personally, I'd want to develop professionally. This is the place for you. Season 8 is all about getting to know you, the See Her Love community. Here are four ways to connect. Number one, watch See Her Love anytime and anywhere on YouTube and Castle Media. Number two, listen to the See Her Love podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Number three, engage by visiting seeherlove.com or my personal favorite, follow at seeherlove on Instagram. Finally, number four, give to See Her Love in Crossroads by visiting seeherlove.com slash give. All right, we're back and we're going to now talk about the prep and stages to have a healthy, crucial conversation. And it's really important that now we're going to give some tools um, on how to do this. So step one, there is some prep and what to do before the conversation. Brooke, yeah. your thoughts on that. How do we kind of prep and, and get us ready before we have one? There's like a couple practical things I would say. I mean, first, I always pray, obviously. Mm -hmm. I ask the Holy Spirit to enable me to say things that like might not have even come to my mind otherwise and just to give me clarity and wisdom. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and then a, a real practical tool or a thing to do would be just to like gather your thoughts, like write down what it is that you want to say. What's the roadmap of this conversation? So you're not going all over the place. You're mm -hmm. just clear and precise and you know where you're going. Mm -hmm. That's good. good. I love that. What other things can we do to prep and <sighs> I prepare? Think, I think another thing would be kind of evaluating the lay of the land, you know? So what is your relationship like with them like? You know, what are some past challenges? Um, what are the physical sensations that you're experiencing as you're preparing for this conversation? You know, is your heart racing? Are your palms sweating? And then tune into your body. Like, what is my body trying to tell me? Mm. Is my body trying to tell me that this conversation will go left based on my experiences with them mm -hmm. or that this conversation will go left based on my imagined 
outcome of mm. this scenario. I think really trying to take our time to tune into our body is so important so that we're not um, having these conversations from a place that um, doesn't relate to the conversation at hand, but from past experiences. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's good. Mm -hmm. and, it, and in terms of um, in the conversation, I think it's really important as we're, as we're spending time in prayer and preparing and, and holding this person to in terms of high esteem in our minds. Mm -hmm. Because if we're, in, we're, if we're sitting with them and we think that there might be some sort of pushback or we've got this different, uh, this idea about them that they're not gonna be receptive mm -hmm. or that they're not a, res a responsive person, that kind of preparation piece around remembering who we're talking to yeah. as a valuable human being and deserves our respect even in the conversation. Yeah, so that's good. good. One of the other things that's come up is actually to practice. Yeah, mm -hmm. Because sometimes we come in emotions, just going. Yeah. feeling it, the conviction. Yeah. <laughs> but there is something about, actually, maybe we need to practice yeah. our language, yeah. our tone, mm -hmm. our posture. Yeah. Are we going to be big? Are we going to be kind of just mm -hmm. like, you know what I mean? Like, so I think that's, that's really important too, to be mindful of like, mm -hmm. maybe yeah. practice some words. Yeah. Yeah. My hand motions. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how I'm going to be. And yeah. so I think those are really good. Like prayer, knowing how we're feeling, mm -hmm. you know, maybe some practice. And, and then I think even too, just, you know, maybe even personally for yourself of where you want this to go. Mm -hmm. Like if you're just saying it for saying it and there's no like, what is the outcome? Mm -hmm. I think that's key too. I think yeah. that's a really great point. What is the story I'm going to tell about this conversation? Hmm. And what is the story that person's going to tell about this conversation? What do I want it to be? So, so like you said, kind of thinking about where you want to go, remembering that there is going to be a story mm -hmm. about how this conversation went and what do you want it to be? Right. It's good. Okay. So that was step number one. We're prepping before the conversation. We know that there's a, an issue that needs to be resolved. It needs to be identified. So we're going to prep. Step two at the beginning of the conversation, what do we need to do tonight? Mm. I think at the beginning of the conversation, I think sharing um, your goals with the person mm. or sharing like what, what's happening. Because sometimes we have these crucial conversations and they're not planned. Mm -hmm. We just see the person and we're like, okay, I'm gonna do it today. Mm -hmm. But I think um, planning it so that the person knows this, is, this person wants to speak to me, this is probably what it's about. So they're also prepared and you're not springing the conversation onto them. Mm -hmm. um, and then, yeah, just, just laying it out, like this is what I want to talk about and um, I'm hoping that we can have a conversation um, versus, um, so that, that prevents you from kind of like changing topics and moving in directions that you didn't plan to go mm -hmm. into. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, And meeting them where they're at, right? Yeah. Like mm -hmm. if you come at someone over time of them or you know just in a totally different um you know way that they're used to or whatever i mean that, that person is probably broken or probably something mm -hmm. and just trying to like meet them in that yeah you know so so they feel your um compassion towards them and, and your love towards them i think yeah that's huge i think that's part of like sort of like clarify why you're doing this with mm -hmm. them yeah and kind of maybe agree to how this is going to go yeah. maybe you know um our emotions or words that we are going to not use and right. use during this right. and then kind of work towards, you know, what is, what are we hoping to get out of this? Mm. That's yeah. good. Yeah. All right. Step three, during the conversation, Nicole, what do we need to do during the conversation as it's happening in real time? I think um, during the conversation, like Sinai had mentioned to us, being constant, checking in with yourself, inviting the Holy Spirit, uh, like just continually inviting the Holy Spirit. I'm yeah. here, I'm doing this conversation. So being involved in what's happening in your body and being aware of how you're presenting, 
but also inviting feedback and sticking to the sticking to the script, right? I, I have a tendency to wander off. And so <laughs> knowing that about myself, that I'm, I'm sticking to the facts, I'm, I'm not building a camp, I'm not saying, you know, other people think this too, or, mm, you know, like really kind of zeroing in. Um, it's, it's a lot of work to be in these kind of conversations, but, mm -hmm. but readying yourself that way, I think is helpful. Yeah. Good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think not being afraid to take a break. You know, mm -hmm. sometimes you might become very emotionally escalated or the other person is, and we can't get a handle on the conversation. Yeah. I think it's okay to say, you know, like name it. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm getting a little overwhelmed right now. Can we come back to this another time versus trying to push through when we don't have the tools to cope with the emotions that are coming up for us? Mm -hmm. wow. yeah. It's really good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, writing this all down. Yeah, yeah. during <laughs> the conversation. conversation. Yeah. The other thing too, um, and you know, I've taken this a lot from CrucialSkills.com. They say make it safe. Mm -hmm. So it's got to be safe for the person. You know, the worst is being in a conversation and you're like feeling defensive and not safe and feeling attacked. So yeah. there's safety, and then listening, inviting dialogue, and listening. Mm -hmm. Even though it's a crucial conversation, conversations are about speaking and listening. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really important that they feel that they're being heard, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, as well as that you're being heard, that they're actually listening to, to mm -hmm. why you're coming to them mm -hmm. with this issue yeah. and situation. Yeah. I think yeah. that's great. Okay, step four, at the end of the conversation, mm -hmm. what do we need to do? End of the conversation, we're kind of coming through. It's been a five hour long marathon. Oh, no, I, hopefully not. <laughs> Woo! Um, but we're now at the end of the conversation, step four. What do we need to do? Goal plan. We need to know what it is we're doing next. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What's the next? What's the strategy? How are we going to move forward? And um, maybe even review some of the things and, and feedback. I think it's really important that people know they've been heard. So this is what I've heard you say. Mm -hmm. And you could even ask for clarification too. Did you, did, was I clear? Like, did you understand what I was saying? Because I want to, and then what are we doing next? What are the next steps? Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, I would say affirmation, like to mm -hmm. affirm that person, just mm -hmm. to let them know that like, hey, I really love you. I really yeah. care about you. And I'm here because of what you mean to me. Mm -hmm. and, and I hope you've heard what I've had to say. And yeah. yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't do this if I didn't love you. That's right. Like this is a lot of risk That's on right. my part for this. You know, yeah. I'm terrified and I'm nervous and I'm fearful, yeah. Yeah. but it's important. And, and you know, I think that the reason why I'm bringing this, this conversation about crucial conversations here is that, you know, we've come through a year where there's been polarizing views, mm -hmm. broken relationships in family, mm -hmm. you know, different political views, different religious views, deconstruction of faith, all kinds of things that have hurt many of us, confused yeah. many of us. Yeah. There has not been clarity around things. Mm -hmm. There has been people going silent and isolating and sort of like, yeah. so that's why this is important. Yeah. That's why, you know, when I look at this, I'm like, Having a crucial conversation is important because we're dealing with a lot, mm -hmm. but I think that, like what we said earlier in the beginning of the show, the benefits of this is yeah. about relationship. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's right. You know, it's about love. And I also believe that as we talk about the Holy Spirit empowering us, it's also that I think the call of the Holy Spirit has been whispering to many of us mm -hmm. to have these conversations. Mm -hmm. And maybe for other people to have conversations with me. Right. But I think that's healthy. Yeah. We're going to grow together. And I want to be a different woman than I was in my 20s. Yeah. Yeah. And I think some of these things, as we have crucial conversations, can help us do just that. So thank you. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Well, I'm glad that Trifina is back in studio to share from the good word. And I'm looking forward to what she's going to say about how to have a crucial conversation and why it's important. 
from Luke 8:47. Trifina, welcome. We're glad you're here. Thanks, Mel. I'm so glad I get to be here today. This is such a timely conversation, especially right now, when it can feel like our world is so polarized. I find so often as women, especially when it comes to having a crucial conversation, it can be that much more difficult. For so long, we've lived in spaces where explicitly or not, the expectation has been for us to hold our tongue, to not rock the boat, to not be too loud or opinionated. And often, there are many choice words used, none uplifting, for women who choose to speak up and lay down boundaries or advocate for themselves. There's an account in Luke chapter 8 where a woman who had been bleeding for 12 years pushes through a crowd, touches Jesus' cloak, and is instantly healed. You may be wondering, Trifina, what does this have to do with hard conversations? Stay with me. What blows me away about the character of Jesus is that in his busyness with the crowd pushing against him, he stopped. Not only did he stop, he called this woman forward. He asked the crowd, who touched me? In verse 47, the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet. In the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. In a packed crowd, to feel courageous enough to fall at someone's feet and not worry about being trampled on meant she felt safe. Jesus was creating and holding space for this woman. Jesus honored her courage to stand up for herself. She then courageously shared about why she had touched him. Can you imagine the fear of sharing that you had been bleeding for 12 years, an act that had deemed you unclean at the time? So often when I go to, a crucial, to have a hard or crucial conversation, there's so much fear about how it's going to be received or what will be thought of me. Jesus created a safe space for her to share her story. And so when we are going into crucial conversations with people, are we embodying that love of Jesus where we are stopping and creating safe spaces for others to share their hurts, their stories? Also, are we allowing others to hold space for us, for us to honestly say, hey, when you did this, I felt hurt, acknowledging that it may have something to do with our own stories, our own traumas bumping up against each other. Do we see people as people of value, created in the image of God, who have their own fears, insecurities, traumas, and shortcomings? People who are worthy of having space held for them. Trifina, that was so good. Thank mm. you. And whoa. whoa. I mean, the story of the bleeding woman reaching out to Jesus and then having this crucial conversation between the two of them. Mm -hmm. So her saying to Jesus, hey, I'm done with this. Mm -hmm. Him turning around going, who touched me? Yeah. And talking to a woman who's been bleeding, like, I mean, in that time, unheard of. Mm -hmm. yeah. it, it's incredible. And I never thought about that as a crucial conversation, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, and his great care and compassion. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts about that verse? Such a powerful story. And I, I think it says so much about Jesus. And it says so much about the courage of this woman. And then I, you know, I go back to what was it like in her room where she was, where she had found that there was hope that something could be different. And then she dragged herself unwell to his feet through the, through the crowd. It takes a lot of courage to have these conversations. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we're blindsided with, with, you know, these types of conversations. We don't know they're coming. Mm -hmm. um, and Jesus didn't know this was, you know, he mean he would have known, but yeah. in the, in the moment, um, this woman touches his cloak and then there's this crucial conversation that happens in front of everybody. And, um, what a wonderful model. It's just such a special, it's a great story. I'm glad she brought that. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I love that Trifina highlighted that Jesus created a safe space mm -hmm. for her. And it makes me wonder how do we create safe spaces when we want to have these crucial conversations? You know, I think oftentimes in these spaces, people feel like they're being criticized and so they get defensive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so we need to ask ourselves like, what am I doing to 
cause this person to feel like I'm criticizing them? And how can I change my language, my body language, my expressions, my my words? Um, how can I do that in a way that I create a safe space so that I'm exuding compassion and love and grace versus um, judgment and criticism? Mm -hmm. That's good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I was just thinking, like you're saying that. I think those conversations with grace and they're so easy. Sorry, they're never easy, but they're easier to have with people who I think are not in your immediate family for whatever reason. These conversations are so hard so when hard. they're with a brother or a sister or a mom or a dad or a husband or a wife, like yeah, right. or a child. Like, yeah. I, why is that? It's just, it's an extra level of stress. Be, I think there might be more risk. Yeah. Because, I mean, when you think of somebody that you don't love or care about, mm -hmm. there's no skin in the game for them. It's yeah. like it's like easier because, okay, I might not see them ever again. Right. But with a parent, sister, brother, mom, dad, mother-in-law, yeah. father-in-law, cousin, yeah. they're in your space. You will definitely see them again or yeah. not. The other risk is, you know, yeah. when people have had some conversations like this, mm -hmm. there has been a break in family and mm -hmm. they've been, you know, estranged for years and, yeah. and in that. So I think, Brooke, there is that. There yeah. is the fear of that. But when I listen to that verse, it was needed. Yeah. They needed to have that conversation. Mm -hmm. I loved how she read it too. I think, you know, Trifina, when she read the, from the scripture, who touched me? Mm -hmm. It was a soft, safe question right. instead of who touched me? And, and I think that just speaks to Jesus' ability to yeah. create a safe space. And how can we, how can we emulate that in our yeah. conversations? Yeah. So that. just a few, well, literally a minute mm. left, but just a quick encouragement to those that are just like, I know I need to have this crucial conversation. I'm fearful. What's your encouragement to them? Yes. Be brave. Yeah, be brave. Be brave. <laughs> be brave be like on the, the other woman. side of it. Yeah, on yeah. the other side of it, you're going to feel really proud of yourself. That's right. And it's going to grow you, and it's generally not going to likely go as bad as you think it's going to go. Okay. That's right. Be yeah. brave. I co-sign with that. Yeah. Just yeah. be brave. Yeah. yeah it's I not going to be as bad as you think it's going to go. It might not, not, might not be. Mm -hmm. And if you yeah. feel like this is a conversation you need to have, like be obedient, because on the other yeah, side of that obedience mm -hmm. is abundance. And wow. I think the Lord will really see you through, wow. through yeah. that. So be brave. We've given you four steps yeah. and to help you have a crucial conversation. We've identified what it is, the fears, honestly, but the importance of it and the benefits. So mm -hmm. thank you, Nicole, Sunite, Brooke, for sharing your thoughts. I think now I need to have some crucial conversations. Encourage <laughs> me. And to you, our viewers and listeners, thank you for joining us. And if you need to have a crucial conversation, know this, that while you are preparing, you are seen, heard, and deeply loved by God who will help you in the conversation. For more information, go to seeherelove.com. And thanks for joining us. Thank you for listening to See, Here Love, the podcast with Melinda Estabrooks. Stay connected with our daily posts and stories on Instagram or Facebook at See, Here Love, or join our newsletter at www.seeherelove.com.